Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. My name is Dan Sardinas. I am Pilgrim Benham. And I am Sean Otto. Thank you for joining us, uh, whether you're watching on video or you're watching uh, or listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Well, they could watch the podcast. <laughs> that would be pretty without boring. Without headphones. Yeah, exactly. But uh, on that note, please visit our website if you're not familiar with the Gospel Forum, or even if you are, for the latest, latest articles and uh, podcast episodes. And uh, that would be helpful to us, thegospelforum.com. Please also subscribe to us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. And also follow us on all social media places. Yep. Twitter. The, the obvious ones, yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. Facebook. You got it. Not TikTok. No, 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 no not, not TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, good. Uh, well, guys, um, so Easter happened. And resurrection is now beyond us, um, at least the day of. Of course, resurrection is right. an everyday right. reality. Of course, we all know that. So, but um, Easter candy um, mm. seems to stay around our homes for a while. Mm. Uh, just on that note, what are some of your favorite go-to Easter treats? Okay, so I'm I'm known for some things that I really love. A lot of a lot of people know I love donuts. Uh, tacos, sushi, but uh, little known fact, I absolutely love jelly beans. And mm. Starburst puts out a <laughs> jelly bean brand. You stole mine. You stole right mine. around, I did? Uh, yeah, that's right mine. around Easter. That's and mine. And we have a bowl <clears throat> that literally can't be full enough because I'm just, I'm helping myself. Starburst jelly beans oh. are the best. Let's go. Oh, right. wow. That's my favorite too, bro. Wow. I'm, I'm right with you. Awesome. And, and I'm a fan of the, the Reese's, um, the, the peanut butter. Uh, they have like a, they have like, I guess a, an Easter version of that, so yeah. it's, okay. it's like an egg. Yeah, uh, so that's there you Reese's go. That's butter. mine. If you know me, I love Reese's. Reese's jumped into this Easter okay. game a while back, and so they have the eggs, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, do you guys? You guys pronounce it Reese's? I say Reese's. Okay, Reese's. so does my wife. Okay, what do you say? But but see, there's this argument out there: Reese's pieces. So the idea is that it's supposed to be pronounced Reese, Reese's instead of Reese's. I just care how it tastes, man. <laughs> you just give me the peanut butter. That's I don't care. I don't care what you call it. Yeah. Well, there's some controversial uh, Easter candy. Yeah, what what would that be? I don't uh, there, there's absolutely no controversy. Peeps are amazing. No. Right? Yes, peeps are amazing. The yellow okay, amazingly ones. Amazingly bad. No, Can we no, vote them no, off the no, podcast? No. Can we oh, vote them off? Man. Uh, yellow. Yellow is my favorite color, uh, so yellow peeps. Is, is, is there a difference to, between yellow and pink? I, peeps. I think there is. The argument is that there's no taste difference. I think there is. So if you want to send uh, to all of our followers, send me as many peeps as you can. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll tell you. Okay, we need a to do a bonus, no a bonus video. Okay. With him blindfolded, <laughs> and, and and a yellow and a pink. And yes, let us know I'll do it. Like it. I'll do it. I, I love like peeps. It. I like it. Well, yeah. we should poll the listeners and see. No yeah. peeps oh, for me. No I peeps could, for me. I'll put a poll on Twitter. We'll, put a, we'll find out. Put a poll yeah. on Twitter and uh, leave a comment and the or tweet us or whatever Instagram, yeah, Facebook, yeah. YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, let us know. If you're for peeps or against peeps. <laughs> or so one of us is going to have to leave this podcast after this, yeah, right? Whether you're for peeps or you need prayer. Uh, That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. This escalated quickly. All wow. right. Great. Well, guys, let's go to our main topic of the day. And, of course, we still want to be thinking of the resurrection at all times. 
But since uh, this is Resurrection Month, uh, with uh, Easter Sunday being April 17th, let's just think about that for a moment and, um, and think about the topic of resurrection, specifically the apologetics of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know that the resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith, meaning if Jesus had not risen from the dead, we would be miserable people. Mm-hmm. We would be people mm-hmm. to be pitied, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. No, no resurrection, no Christianity. Right. Um, so, obviously, what are some ways to defend the resurrection from an apologetics viewpoint? Or what are some ways that people might try to discredit the resurrection? And maybe we could do that apologetic that way, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pilgrim, do you want to start things off? Yeah. Um, really... Uh, there's a great, great quote from a Harvard Law professor named Dr. Simon Greenleaf, and he says, according to the laws of legal evidence used in courts of law, there's more evidence for the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for just about any other event mm. in history. Wow. So we have to root the resurrection account in historical narrative, mm. not in which we wouldn't do this anyway, but we wouldn't want to root it in some sort of religious fairy tale folklore, myth, yeah, uh, right, right. or that it's it's a poetic right. description. This is history, mm-hmm. and so it's verifiable history. And there's really seven mm-hmm. arguments that we could use as an apologetic, as a defense for uh, the the truth of the historical mm-hmm. resurrection, mm-hmm. bodily resurrection yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, and I'm just going to say this from the very beginning. Let's see if it holds true. I think the more people try to disprove the resurrection, mm-hmm. the more they wind up just proving it. Right. Right. So it's like the, these wacky theories that Pilgrim's going to lead us through. The more that you lead, a, the more they try to tear it down. The more they just build it back up. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. in fact, every year around Easter time, you'll see some report, some news special, oh, yeah. something trying to right, trying to discredit the resurrection, and it just they just cannot get there. No. Uh, just too many, too many proofs. Yeah. Amen. So um, some of those, let's just walk through each one. Yeah. Um, and there's many more than this, but these are these are the primary um, historical um, arguments mm-hmm. for the resurrection. So um, the first would be the apostles' witness. Mm-hmm. So when we leave off prior to the cross, prior to the crucifixion, we uh, see the disciples in a, in a certain state, particularly in the garden. And what state is that? What state are they in? Well, they're in panic, right? And they're fleeing and they're yeah. getting out, right? And yeah. before that, they were tired and sleeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they were not expecting anything about to happen. Right. They're not in great shape. No, no definitely one not of them, uh, I forget which account, I think it's Mark's account, uh, you know, one of them, their tunic is grabbed and they're still running. They're still running, yeah. Um, so they're, they're not defending Jesus. They're not um, advocating for him. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then after the resurrection, we look in the book of Acts, and mm-hmm. particularly 2 through 6, mm-hmm. we see a very different yes. uh, group of, of followers. And so how's their response yeah. at that point? Well, you see Peter in his famous sermons where he stands up and boldly proclaims mm-hmm. this Christ that you crucified. Mm-hmm. God raised him from the dead in this total transformation yeah. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, the Yeah, something, they saw something that changed them forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw the risen Christ. They not only saw the risen Christ, they also saw the ascended Christ. Mm-hmm. That's how the book of Acts begins. Right. And so it's that impression on them that since Jesus lives and reigns and rules now from heaven as we see him going up, then how can we not 
be obedient to him. He's mm-hmm. told us now to go tell everyone mm-hmm. and to make much of him. So let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Let's go make disciples. And so something uh, motivated them. Something mm-hmm. had to do that. And that has to be the resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you read the gospel accounts, they weren't even expecting it. Right. You know, okay. Jesus told them several times that he was going to die and, and, and resurrect. And they just... Totally you know, missed And when? On the third day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And Peter even fought against it. Remember when Jesus said he was going to die? No, not you, Lord. I won't let that, you know, mm-hmm. just when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't even expecting it. So all of a sudden to radically change just makes no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the good question then is why would the disciples have boldness if there's anything other than a risen, you know, Savior? Right. Right. So the apostles' witness is a, is a big um a, a big defense. But then there's another um, group of witnesses which are unexpected. And that's uh, the second argument is that women mm-hmm. were the primary or the original eyewitnesses to mm-hmm. the resurrection. We read uh, in the gospel accounts that, um, that Jesus appeared to uh, Mary and that mm-hmm. they came and recounted that or relayed that. Right. And so why, why is that right. a problem or potentially, you know, an, an issue um, like, how does sure. that prove the resurrection? Well, you know, of course, even in those days, uh, very unlike ours, women were not trusted to tell the truth. They weren't considered reliable sources of any kind of information. And so for the writers of Scripture to include them as witnesses when in their day they would have been discredited mm-hmm. goes to show, no, they, have a, they saw something. It was valid. And we're going to put their testimony in here mm-hmm. to show that we will use even the least of these, in, at least in their you know, judgment to prove the resurrection of the Christ. Mm-hmm. And so there you have the women showing up. Uh, yeah, if you're trying to prove to somebody that Jesus rose again from the dead, and that day you would not have said, oh yeah, women saw him first. Right, right. I mean, that you're, you're <laughs> yeah. working against right. yourself. Right, So the fact, yeah, that's just... So the me. only reason to, to for that to be the case is because that's actually historically what happened. Correct. Yeah. They were right. just saying... Exactly what happened. Right. Exactly. I find it interesting too um, that the shepherds were the first to hear the announcement of the incarnation, the birth mm-hmm. of Christ. Right. But I was fascinated to learn, I didn't know this until this last year when we taught through this in our Advent series, that shepherds in the same way were not, Correct. Uh, their testimony was not mm-hmm. uh, permitted mm-hmm. in, a, in a courtroom. So Yeah, mm-hmm. they were dirty, they were smelly, they were... They were unclean. Unclean. They had to be around dead animals at times. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, they were not very uh, well looked at. Yeah. They were respected. So right. you have their, them being the, the eyewitness account, the testimony, you know, those who bore the testimony of the arrival of Christ, and then we have women... Who, um, but it is, isn't that the, the way the Lord works, like, yeah. all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, he always uses, I mean, look at David, mm-hmm. right? Shepherd boy. Well, don't you have another son? Oh, yeah, he's not taking the sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Israel, of all the nations God could have chosen, yeah. you know, to work through and to make a covenant, to make right. his, give his promises through, he chose the nation of Israel. Yeah. So, again, God, it's just the way the Lord works. Right, yeah. And, you know, to make an, another point there, too, it was the women. Notice the faith of women. They were the ones at the cross, right? Yeah. They were there. So they were the last ones to see Jesus. They were the ones that were going with the spices to, to yeah. you know, anoint his body. They were the first ones. I mean, the faith of these women was remarkable yeah. uh, and a, a testimony to God's grace. Yeah. Mm. Amen. So why would women be the first witnesses 
if the Jews would not accept uh, a woman's testimony? It's a right. great question. All right, so then the third um, piece of evidence is that uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 6, maybe we can read that, um, mentions that there was a, a large crowd of around 500 uh, who um, stated that they saw uh, the risen Jesus. Yeah, so uh, this comes, of course, Paul wrote this, and he said in verse 6 that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. So 500 people mm-hmm. saw him in addition to the women and the apostles yeah. uh, in this one setting. So, yeah. uh, and he's a, in his his testimony there is many of them are still alive when he go was writing. Them. Yeah, go yeah. talk to them. Yeah, right. They they saw him. Right. So it wasn't just one or two. We're talking about hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read this uh, great quote. It said, there are, not counting Paul, 11 recorded times that Jesus appeared to people proving he was resurrected. These are to men and women, to individuals, couples, groups, and at least one crowd, inside or outside, different locations, different times of day. He was physically touched, audibly heard, visibly Mm -hmm. seen. He ate food in the presence of some witnesses. None of them believed he would rise from the dead before he did. All of them knew him before his death, so they knew it was the same Jesus. Wow. I thought that was right. pretty fascinating. That is interesting. Right. And not all of them were believers already who were, were followers of him who were trying to come up with some crazy notion of him being alive. Mm-hmm. Right? So Acts chapter 1, there's 120 gathered right. in the upper room, mm-hmm. and now there's over 500 that have seen him alive. So not all 500 were at the, at the time they saw him right. believers and would have a motivation to make up a story. Right. They right. were, yeah, we saw him. He right. really did live. Yeah, right. and there's a very few cases in, in history itself of mass hysteria. Uh, often it's uh, related to some situation, but mm-hmm. you know this would be out of the box completely for, for over 500 people to all corroborate who knew him saying, yep, that was him. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how could a large crowd verify that Jesus was alive unless he was? Right, just right. wasn't his disciples. Yeah. Right. right. So then uh, the fourth argument is that Jesus' own brothers, James and Jude, mm-hmm. became followers uh, of Christ. Um, just out of the blue. Why, yeah. why would they become yeah. followers? So yeah, in John, they, yeah. John chapter 7, yeah. um, we, we read this, which is sad when you read it. Um, it's, they're asking Jesus to go to the feast to show himself. But then it says in verse 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. my time has not yet come. Mm-hmm. So we have that. That's the state of his, you know, James and Jude at least mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. <laughs> before the resurrection. And then after, what's significant about these two? Yeah. So they become writers of scripture, and I love how they start off as "I'm a servant of the Lord." They don't even dress mm-hmm. themselves as, "Hey, by the way, I'm His brother." So right. look at me. Yeah. They said, "He's Lord," and mm-hmm. we see it now. We didn't see it before, but we mm-hmm. see it now. And under the inspiration of the Spirit, they end up contributing right. uh, to the New Testament canon. Mm. Yeah, and James was a leader of the Jerusalem church mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, Galatians 1.19, Paul says, I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and he was a pillar. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he was there, the leader. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, his own brothers didn't believe in him while he was during his public ministry. But then something after his death, all of a sudden they're on his on his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems a little strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially However, your own brother. Yeah, you're the Messiah. You know, we all probably all have yeah. 
family siblings, members who yeah. siblings that yeah. you know have a messiah complex <laughs> not that i have any. wink wink yeah. okay. <laughs> if you're watching though call your brother <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah so if his brothers did not believe but then changed their minds how else can you explain that except mm-hmm. for the fact that he did rise that's right so then you know we talk about the the disciples who then became the apostles mm-hmm. um and uh the the next argument the fifth argument is that each one of these men with the exception of one uh, went to and we'll talk about that but went to their death went to their martyrdom believing mm-hmm. if they knew that he didn't rise again then they died for a lie and right. why would they do that so right. um so 11 of them suffered and died but then there's a 12th and who knows the background of that story right so go ahead uh, no you go go for it I, I was I was thinking. Sorry, I was before we before I answer that question. I was thinking yeah. a, a second ago about the fact that uh, why would they go all the way to their death? You mentioned martyrdom yeah. uh, for them. So uh, in a previous episode, we talked about Isaiah fifty three, and in there we see where he was marred beyond even recognition. Mm-hmm. Who in their right mind would watch someone get brutally murdered that way and say, yeah, sign me up, right. I'll, I'll go down that same path, unless they've seen something that changed their mind. And in this case, of course, it was it was Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And yeah. so now they know and they're willing to go mm-hmm. to their death because they see that, no, what he said was true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm willing to follow that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. See your, the other question again? So 11, we know 11 of the 12 right. um, suffered and died, mm-hmm. but then we have the 12th. Judas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have Judas who betrayed Jesus, but, um, mm-hmm. but then we have John. John, yeah. And even John was banished uh, to the island of Patmos. Traditionally, it said that he was tried to be, bo- they tried to boil him in oil. Of course, he survives that as well. Yeah, the only disciple to not die a martyr's death, but even was persecuted to the very end, right. being uh, a prisoner there on, on the penal colony of Patmos. Uh, but why was he there? For preaching Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So he knew what he was going to get him in trouble, and he still did it. Mm-hmm. So why would you, again, give up your whole life, your freedom, for a lie? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So, again, all of them went, um, went, went all the way. And I don't know if you're going to talk, are you going to talk about Paul? Well, yeah. I mean, I All think, right, I'll I think we have to mention Paul. Let's mention him here. Well, here, I mean, he hated Christ, yeah. was not a disciple, and all of a sudden radically transforms and writes over half the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has to be mentioned too. Right. Why? And and what changed Paul? He saw the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you have people who were with him who followed him mm-hmm. and then were willing to die, but then you have his very enemy. Right. And enemies right. who became believers, who saw him resurrected, who then went to their death, right. believing and fighting for this truth of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So whatever changed his, of course, his followers, that could be said, well, they liked him already. They were his mm-hmm. followers. But here is someone who's clearly his enemy until right. he met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even uh, you mentioned Judas. Of course, Judas hung himself, uh, and they replaced Judas uh, right. with Matthias. And one of the qualifications was uh, they have to be a witness to his resurrection, right? right. That, that was just key uh, to the apostles' ministry, yeah. the disciples' ministries, acts and following mm-hmm. um, all the way through. Yeah. And so that leads us into the sixth uh, argument, and, and that is that in, in the first century at that exact time, there was a massive breaking out or spreading 
of the Christian faith. And that faith was rooted in Mm -hmm. a savior who claimed to have risen from the dead and then ascended. And so we have, we have not just, not just 12, not just even 500. We have thousands Mm -hmm. who are, um, in close proximity to the events mm-hmm. of that week in those three years, we yeah. have thousands who were uh, who had been eyewitnesses and even listeners probably knew of Jesus, had had seen Jesus, had known Jesus, uh, and uh, just all of a sudden we have this this huge outpouring mm-hmm. of thousands mm-hmm. who are now uh, placing their faith in Him, mm-hmm. uh, and that included Jews from from different social strata, even mm-hmm. some like you're saying enemies. Um, more directly, you have some in the actual religious party that condemned Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin, we have Nicodemus, yeah. who is um, placing his faith mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. There's also Joseph of Arimathea, who mm-hmm. offers up his own tomb right. and mm-hmm. begs for the body of Jesus from Pilate. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you see even on the day of Pentecost, and they start speaking the gospel in the languages of all the people that were there and then those folks go all over uh, that region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you see that fulfillment of Jesus saying, hey, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that that begins to happen. You see even that fulfillment of that yeah. um, directive by Jesus yeah. there. And, and, and Christianity continues to expand today. It's, it's worldwide. Yeah. Right? So I guess on that point, um, it's the message of Christ and the work of Christ are verified by people. Mm-hmm. And so right. you, you have, even at the, uh, the close proximity of his actual death, we have a centurion who's skilled in, I don't want to say day after day, but ostensibly day after day, mm-hmm. uh, committing uh, or executing criminals. Right. Right. And yet he stops and, is, and says in Matthew 27, 54, surely this mm-hmm. was the son mm-hmm. of God. Right. I mean, that's that's distinct. So we don't know if he absolutely placed his faith in Christ, but he could at least say, out of deaths that I've witnessed, which is plenty, there's something very distinct mm-hmm. about this one. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so then finally we have the, the greatest argument uh, for, and there's many more, but the, the greatest argument for the resurrection is simply the empty tomb. Empty tomb, right. Uh, and so there's really only three possibilities for there to be an empty tomb. Uh, one is that, um, someone stole the body. Mm. So, did the Romans steal the body of Jesus? Why and why would they? Do that? <laughs> what would I be mean, the point? If anything, the one of the reasons that Pilate agreed to crucify Jesus was to um, like calm the crowds, quell the uprising, right? Yeah. Because his job was on the line with Caesar and, mm-hmm. and Rome. If there was a riot that outbro- that outbroke. So why would he cause a riot by staging a resurrection? Mm-hmm. Right. So not the Romans for sure. Right. Uh, what about the Jews? Well, well, it, I mean, why wouldn't they hide the body? Yeah. Well, at the end of at the end of Matthew, uh, it says that they paid the guards money to, to say that, that the disciples stole disciples, his body. because yeah. I mean, they did Yeah, they wouldn't want him to come back alive. I mean, in the, even they're there, the last people that would. They would right. want to showcase the dead body. They'd want to showcase, not hide it. Exactly. Exactly. And so was it the disciples then? Well, here you have... That was the story yeah, that was that promoted. was the story, well, yeah. And consider who they were. So you have fishermen, mm-hmm. right? You have a tax collector. You have a political zealot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else am I missing? You have at least those three groups mm-hmm. of people. And they're... Especially you consider the fishermen. And they're all going to overtake trained Roman soldiers who are guarding the tomb. Right. When there's one way in, come on. Yeah. There's no way. 
right. by cover of night when their very lives would have been on the line, right. the, the soldiers, if anything had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's even run with that. So they, they sneak in I mean, or talking, overpower them. Think about you're, Mission Impossible, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah right. right. I mean, you're, you would want to do this as quickly, as, even if you overpowered them. So all 12 overpower, or 11, well, 10, because Judas is gone. So 10 right. of them overcome, and one guy's going to go in and unravel the body. Yeah. Right. And then, but what do we find? We find the testimony of it folded grave neatly clothes. Folded. Neatly folded mm-hmm. in the... Yeah. So you're going to steal a body. Why take the time to unwrap it? Right. And, and and especially, you know, get away yeah. as quickly as you can, sure. like you mentioned, without making noises. Or, yeah, it just makes no sense. If you're going to overpower the guards, uh, they're going to go tell the story, what happened. So you're going to have to kill the guards if you don't want them to tell the story. So now you're going to have more dead bodies, which is nowhere recorded. Right. Uh, just an impossibility. Right. There. And then, as we've already stated, uh, that means the disciples buried Jesus' body somewhere else, and then they died martyr's death and suffered the some of them the same fate right. <laughs> of crucifixion right. 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 for something they knew was a fabricated hoax and right. these are people who ran away the night he was arrested right. Right. and right. now they're putting their lives on the line just days later yeah don't okay so. so it's someone didn't steal the body no. that's impossible right. okay so maybe secondly maybe um the disciples or the women just they just went to the wrong tomb the wrong tomb right. so they're they're in the you know mary thinks it's the gardener uh, and, and it was. It was the gardener. Mm-hmm. And, and she was at the wrong empty tomb. It was actually two more tombs down was Joseph's yeah. tomb. Well, then... <laughs> There's some people with PhDs <laughs> yeah. who actually purport that this is a That means that theory. everyone went to the... Everybody went to the <laughs> wrong tomb. Because as soon as it was reported that he was alive, they would have said, no, 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 here he is right here. Right. You guys were at the wrong tomb. Yeah. Right? This is the real place. Here's the body. Mm-hmm. That means the Roman soldiers were guarding the wrong tomb. Right, mm-hmm. right. That means Joseph of Arimathea didn't even know where his own tomb right. was. That's what I was gonna, had no idea. Right, right. Uh, so forget the women. The disciples who verified the woman's story all went to the wrong tomb. So you would have multiple levels of people yeah. all go to the wrong tomb. Mm-hmm. Somebody would have put a stop to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. just bring him to the right tomb. Yeah, right. Here That's he a is. very bottom. Found That's a very is. easy yeah. way to debunk that theory. Right. Very easy way to debunk that. Okay. So then that means the third option is the only possible outcome is that on the third day on we would say sunday morning jesus christ rose from the rose dead again. rose from Praise the dead the Lord. but there's even some more there's a couple more theories too okay like some people and there's one theory called the swoon theory sure. oh yeah where there, there are some who say okay no it was Which jesus muslims typically right it was yeah. jesus who was buried in that tomb but he did come out of the tomb but he wasn't dead. Mm. He so hadn't died. At he Calvary. hadn't died on the cross, right. and so the the cold, fresh air mm. of the of the and the spices that they anointed him with just kind of woke him up, and mm. he got resuscitated. up, resuscitated, right. so resuscitated right. from the right. So he's dead. not resurrected from the dead, right. but he just kind of woke up after enduring. First of all, the beating that he endured. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Right. Jesus, the the cat of nine tails they whipped him with, with the flesh and the muscle right. and the blood and the. Yeah, who would have died of sepsis oh. a day or two later? Right. Absolutely, yeah. there's no way he just wakes up, right. you know, you know, out, out of the tomb. And as you pointed out earlier, the centurions they were trained 
killers. Yeah. Uh, and for them to come along and we don't need to break his bones, the guy's already dead. Right. Uh, they of all people would they know would have for verified. sure, yeah. right? Trained so they stab him in the side yeah. just to make sure. Yeah. And he, when you know. blood and water flowed, the, the scripture records that. That is that is a medical condition where right. the pericardium, which is like a water-filled sac around your heart, um, when that bursts from strain, um, then blood and water fills the body cavity. Yeah. So when they mm-hmm. poked his side, when they spear him, mm-hmm. and blood and water, that's med- medically right. um, a, a confirmation that his heart has already burst. He's not breathing. His, his heart's not beating. Yeah. He's dead. Right. <laughs> the centurion, yeah, like you said, uh, was trained in this and can yeah. confirm, yeah, yeah, he's dead. Also, another reason the swoon theory makes no sense is they wrapped him up and then anointed him with... Spices and spices. Yeah. yeah, and I, I've I've read in multiple places that the weight of that would have been about a hundred pounds. Wow, he would have been wrapped up in a hundred pounds so of linen, suffocated. And, right, he would have yeah. suffocated to death, and then he was wrapped so tight. How could you have just gotten up? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. if you were just just a human being, not God. Right, right. Um, Never mind, roll away the stone. And with all those injuries, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's. Yeah. It makes well, and no how would that uh, motivate? Again, how would that motivate? Hey, I just resuscitated, just barely got away from. Right. Uh, that was a near death. Uh, right. And how would that motivate mm-hmm. your disciples with mm-hmm. with these wounds? Um, and and like, hey, you know, we're, you're going to go to a similar fate. Yeah. Uh, but you'll actually die. So I'm gonna I'm gonna retire and get older <laughs> right. and go off in the countryside into yeah. the sunset. And so. there and there's also I think going back to what we talked about earlier, the hallucination. Uh, that's evident uh, uh, that the hallucination theory says that the 500 people who saw Jesus were just hallucinating. Mm-hmm. So they were on some weird acid trip and they all thought they saw Jesus, but that's because they wanted to see Jesus. But as we already said, not all of them were followers of Jesus. Right. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, even at the Great Commission, it says some believe, some doubt it. So it's, yeah, there right. was not all followers. And I can't say I've really had any hallucinations in my life, but the one thing I would know is hallucinations are going to be different from person to person. Mm-hmm. So, right. right, I mean, you may hallucinate a pink elephant, right. you know, jumping over the table. Well, he's going to hallucinate a frog or a giraffe. You may hallucinate, uh, but you're not going to hallucinate the same exact thing. Right. And so it's just, again, the more people try to disprove it, yeah. the more it's like, no, that's dumb. There's no way that's well, logically we could, possible. We could say that could happen. That could happen in one small setting. Right, that could happen once, but there's multiple appearances, as we just mentioned, exactly in various places, various times to various people. Yeah, um, yeah, and Jesus was oh, 40 days with the disciples after mm-hmm. after his uh, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Pilgrim says, going back to your last point, the best cases there is an empty tomb, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't Jesus who resurrected that dead from the dead that day, then we need to find out who that was. Because yeah, right. somebody right. came alive that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have an article uh, that's linked to this um, podcast episode. Uh, and one of the things we end that article with is that we say the angels testified to the resurrection. His followers corroborated his resurrection. His closest followers died declaring his resurrection. His unbelieving brothers were forever changed by his resurrection. Yeah. And throughout time, his resurrection has transformed the hearts of millions of people from all over the world yeah. as they placed their faith in Christ and repented of their sins. He's risen indeed. Mm-hmm. Changed lives, not just the disciples, all of us. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. Yeah. And there's there's lots more proofs, but um, as we um, as we reflect back on Easter uh, and we continue to every year and every day mm-hmm. affirm that He's risen indeed. Um, 
Uh, what hope does that give us as Christians? Well, our hope that our, our, our uh, salvation is secure, right? Uh, that, our, that the gospel is true, uh, that we have a hope of seeing this resurrected Jesus again, that he is interceding on our behalf today. Um, so our whole, uh, the foundation of our faith is built around the fact that mm-hmm. Jesus is alive today. We don't serve a dead, uh, a dead king. Uh, we serve a, a very living one. Yeah. It's also ho- the hope of the resurrection basically get, uh, tells us that whatever happened to Jesus will also happen to us, mm-hmm. right? And so as Jesus died and rose again, the grave is not the end for me, mm-hmm. right? If I'm in Christ, I do not need to fear death or the grave because that is not the end. Christ has conquered that, right? Death has lost its sting. Right. Uh, the grave has lost its victory. And so whatever happened to Jesus will happen to me. I will not stay in that grave, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, my soul goes to be with the Lord instantly, but my body will not stay there. And there, there will be uh, a resurrection of body as well. Mm-hmm. Also for this world, right? There's, this world will experience a death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new heavens, a new earth to come. Not like the old one, right. but one that's made whole without sin and uh, completely righteous and holy. Right. So... Um, it, it matters for everything mm-hmm. because it's how we see today, it's how we see tomorrow uh, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Amen. I know we have some other resources on our website, some other uh, articles that we've written we do. about not only the resurrection, but also um, the work of Christ uh, on the cross, Amen. atonement. And so, um, yeah, just encourage you guys to check that out. Check mm-hmm. out our website and blog, mm-hmm. particularly, though this is the podcast, we do have a blog side of the um, site, which has a lot of great content as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, before we wrap things up, uh, we have been doing a little special segment from time to time on top five books we'd want on a deserted island. So the only rule, and Sean's going to share his yep. top five books today, uh, the only rule that I need you to follow is you already have a Bible. Okay. So the Bible can't be one of your top five. Sure. Okay. So outside the Bible, what top five books would you want on a deserted island with you if you were stranded there? Great. And I think you also said that How to Survive on a Deserted <laughs> Island is the other book that's been given to me. There so, we okay. go. There okay. We go. So survival is a, a real possibility <laughs> right. here. Uh, well, this was good. I, I think the number one book I put on here was a book that I've heard you all mentioned, uh, and that is Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Just, yeah. uh, just a foundational book, I mm-hmm. think, for any believer. So that one, I think, is, is somewhat of a given. Uh, the second one, I would take with me The Holiness of God mm-hmm. by R.C. Sproul. Amen. That book made such a difference in my life. You know, the part, and I won't get the quote exactly right, but where he talks about us uh, touching the the cart when the ark was falling, and he, he makes the remark that um, he thought that his hand was holier than the ground. Poor Uzzah. Yeah, right? And, uh, and I, that, that so struck me that um, I am so undeserving mm-hmm. of God's grace, and yet he, in his love toward me, he gave it. So that book really uh, impacted my life in, in a wonderful way. So I would probably take that one with me. Um, there's another book uh, called Trusting God Even When Life Hurts by mm-hmm. a guy named Jerry Bridges. Yes. So if I'm on a deserted island, life is hurting. <laughs> so I think I need a reminder. But that book, I've, it's, it's no mistake that that book has sold, I think, half a million copies now. I use it all the time uh, for people who are suffering. Mm. So how do I continue to trust God in the midst of my suffering? So I think that one would be good probably uh, to give my soul uh, something to feed on. 
I think I would take with me number four, um, I want to keep learning, I want to keep growing while I'm there. So maybe a systematic theology book, maybe I'd take Grudem's Systematic, where um, continuing to stay sharp on these different themes of the Bible that show up mm -hmm. and what I believe about this. And uh, if I'm on a deserted island, I suppose I'm not going to be teaching anyone else, but uh, <laughs> uh, get a chance to remind myself. And then the last one, I it was a toss-up, to be honest. So uh, this one, a little more of a contemporary, but I love biographies. I love to read. And Piper came out with one. I don't know if he edited it or if it was all his own, but it was called 21 Servants yes. of Sovereign Joy. Yeah. Oh, mm. It has been so helpful for mm -hmm. me, where he talks about saints of old and, and things that they endured for the gospel mm. and how God worked in their lives. So it was a toss up between that one. Yeah. And um, if I'm on a deserted island, I'm looking forward to heaven. So uh, Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, mm. uh, was a neat one to kind of get, make me think about uh, what do I have to look forward to when the new heavens and the yeah. new earth. And so one of those two probably I'd take with me. For some people, a deserted island might be heaven. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, right? That's exactly. true. Some people want the solitude and to get away from their bad weather. Right. So anyway. Right. Anyway, so, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing that, brother. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Good. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to check out thegospelforum.com for all the content we've uh, referenced already. But until next time... Keep, Keep on, on reforming. reforming.